Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that's ready for a rematch. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right, in this episode, we're going to give our thoughts on the two CFP semifinal games and some of the other big bowls that were played in the last week. If you want our CFP championship game preview between Alabama and Georgia, we'll have a separate episode uh, both on YouTube and in the pod here in the podcast feed. So uh, subscribe to both. We would appreciate that. Um, but let's start here with the Cotton Bowl, Alabama won 27 to 6 against Cincinnati. Trey, what'd you see? Yeah, pretty dominant performance by the Tide. Uh, they held the Bearcats to only 218 yards, and they really had a game plan, it looked like, of kind of minimizing the the strength of the Bearcats, and that's their defense, especially at corner with Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant. They went more with the ground game. Uh, Brian Robinson had career-high 204 yards. Young didn't throw a ton downfield, but he still did have some short intermediate passes that led to three touchdowns. Uh, and, but really, we, as you would kind of expect in a game like this, the line of scrimmage was was where they won. And Luke Fickle was even quoted as saying that, that that was the main difference. Both lines really kind of dictated the game. Oh, yeah. uh, they were able to sack Ritter six times, didn't let him really do anything through the air end on the ground. Yeah, there's everybody saw it with their own two eyes how this game went down. There was no secrets about it. it complete domination up front. Um, Cincinnati had good, you know, their defense was good. Their secondary obviously held up more than fine. Uh, they, you know, uh, Bryce Young only had, had 6.5 pass yards per attempt, um, which is not, you know, obviously not very much and considering what they just did against Georgia in the SEC title game. So they held up well there. I guess maybe some people thought that they'd stack the box a little bit more, um, but they they just didn't. They didn't. They just kind of kept with what they were doing. Uh, but there just wasn't any way that they were going to win with the way their offense just couldn't move the ball. I mean, they scored on their opening possession of the game, a field goal, and then they scored on the opening possession of the second half, a field goal. And But after that, it's just absolutely nothing. So maybe a bit concerned without for Bama, without Mechie, that they didn't fire on all cylinders in the passing game now. That maybe that's a little bit of like, okay, I'm I'm a little more concerned about it than I was obviously heading into the game. So that might be a little bit of a concern going into the national title game yeah i guess a little bit but just for for that i'd give most of the credit to that cincinnati secondary they're legit and yeah they're good they they proved it in this game um but yeah this that was basically the only unit that i would say played well in this game everything else was was not good alabama outclassed them um and kind of in defense of that cincinnati front defensively the offense was not putting them in a good position. Like you said, other than those first two drives of each half, it seemed like a lot of three and outs, a lot of short drives. So they were having to be put on the field and Alabama was just, I mean, I wouldn't even say wearing them out because really the first drive, they were pretty dominant <laughs> that, that yeah, Alabama yeah. line. So maybe that's not a great excuse for Cincy, but didn't help. Hey, Cincy's kicker actually made two field goals in this one where that was like, they were the worst in the country. Yeah. So yeah, he played well. Very true. Um, and as far as this game, you know, the big question is, does, did Cincinnati not belong? And I didn't really see that many people saying that, but I'm sure they're out there. Who did? Yeah. Alabama Who was going to be a huge favorite against whoever they stuck at the four yeah. seed. And just because Cincinnati got blown out, a lot of teams have been in this spot and been blown out by Bama yeah. or Clemson or whoever. So yeah. 
They had the fourth best Notre resume. Notre Dame's been blown out. Yeah, and Notre Dame. Notre Dame in. Notre Dame was the next team. Right, and since he beat them, so I. Yeah, it's like probably not even worth having that discussion, but just want to throw it out there. Yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. Um, okay, any any more thoughts on on that one? It was kind of cut and dry, I guess. It was okay. Moving on to Georgia beating Michigan thirty four to eleven in the Orange Bowl. <laughs> was it yes, it was. Okay. <laughs> I honestly, it just doesn't even matter yeah. which bowl it is anymore. It's to see when it's the play when it's the semifinals. I don't, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i don't really pay much of attention to where <laughs> it is either. but anyway like the national title i'm like wait it's an indie oh yeah weird. exactly yeah i just kind of was realizing that this week yeah don't think about it much <laughs> anyway yep. uh thoughts on this game man i really am surprised that michigan just got butt whooped uh definitely thought that they could you know considering that i thought they had strong line play i thought they could at least match up somewhat decently with uh with georgia in that regard um, but just they just got butt whipped. I'm surprised. I just did not anticipate they'd played well against the Buckeyes. They'd been playing well, really overall well lately, um, and they just destroyed Iowa. So it's like okay, they're cream of the crop. But no, um, and you know, I guess like, maybe I just kind of overlooked the fact or didn't appreciate the fact that Georgia's run defense is just so 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 good. And with Michigan, they need to be able to run the ball. And they just couldn't against that stout defense. And you're JJ, you know JJ McCarthy or Cade McNamara, they're not consistent enough to be able to beat you through the air. So you take away that ground game, they're done. They have no chance against Georgia. And I guess we just all underestimated that aspect of it. But you know, a tough loss for the Maize and Blue. But if you're them, like if you're a Michigan fan, you're like, okay, whatever. Like you know, we beat Ohio State, we won the Big Ten. Like yeah, <laughs> that's about all we expect. Like we can't expect anything else. So we, the season was amazing already. Yeah, still definitely a a very good season for Michigan. I'm sure. Yeah, that's there was nothing to lose really in this game. No. Obviously, you wish it were closer and you didn't get blown out the way you did. Kind but of, kind of. What do you, you mean? don't want a heartbreaking loss? Well, I yeah, that's a good point. Maybe yeah, mentally you don't right? want a heartbreaking loss, but for <laughs> yeah. the strength of your program, that would probably be better. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, uh, but yeah, Stetson Bennett played well in this game too. It was that was good to see him bounce back yeah. after a shaky uh, SEC title game. Made some plays with his legs and over ten yards per pass attempt. Three touchdowns, no picks. Hit on a couple deep balls. I mean, he wasn't perfect, but he was overall very good and. That yeah, that Georgia defensive front is just freakish. Like we've yeah. spoiler alert, we've already recorded our SEC or our uh, national championship preview that we're going to be releasing soon, and uh, I'm just like having some regrets maybe about my pick because that that Georgia <laughs> front is just I don't know. I know we saw them. I know Bama handled them somewhat, you know, and and Bryce Young was able to uh, you know escape pressure at times, but oof second go at it I'm, i'd be scared if i were Bama's O lineman oh yeah. yeah ryan you mentioned michigan's offense they're not dynamic enough to, uh, against a defense like this and michael to your credit you alluded to the to it in our preview last week the strength of their offense being the run game just it it does not match up against georgia's georgia's line and their defense so uh but yeah i was i was really impressed with georgia how they bounced back they were playing to prove a point and they it looked like it they just outmanned michigan Okay. Uh, do you have any takes on on just the fact that so many of these playoff games have been blowouts, especially in the the semifinals? Is that is that a it problem with crazy. the sport I mean, or what? Eh, you could say that. I mean, of just for statistics, like there's been 16 semifinals, and really only about three have been close. Um, I, I think 
you know, it, it's kind of a case against expansion, but don't get me wrong. Like I think expansion could be good because you'd get some other good games, but it doesn't necessarily make a difference in ultimately crowning uh, the champ just because there, it just seems like every year you, you kind of know it going into the year. There's really only like two or three teams that really truly have a chance to win the national title. There's, you know, a handful others that can get to the playoff, but it's not like college basketball where you can kind of ride a team and get hot at the right time. There's just too much talent and depth on those top, you know, two or three teams. So like, look at like last year, we Alabama was favored like 19 against Notre Dame. Uh, there were two touchdowns this year against Cincinnati. So it's like, it's just, it, I just, I don't know. I don't really have a take. I just, it's just yeah. not overly surprising and and playoff you bring up playoff expansion because a lot of people want that and i think i think including all three of us would would at least be okay with it and see the benefit but uh yeah and people say oh you think that's going to solve blowouts and it's like well not not for alabama or georgia you know they're they're not going to be playing against the 12 seed we're going to have fun games of a five against a 12 or you know what what have you all those teams in that pack that are probably more similar in in skill level um at least we'll guarantee some entertaining games in the playoff. Yeah, I mean, do you not get excited about the the first round of the NCAA basketball tournament when two teams are going up against each other, like an eight versus a nine, and there's they essentially don't have any chance to win the national title, but they're still going at it. It's still an exciting game to watch. And but I, I you know, I, I do think with college football, I mean, it's it's cyclical. You never really know. It's just this. Lately, I guess it's been where there's been two teams just kind of above head and shoulders. One year there was three, and we know Ohio State, Clemson, and Bama. But there's going to be times where you know what was it, about seven years ago or whatever when Baylor was really good and they were just got barely left out. And who knows what would happen with them? They were extremely good. So I don't know. I think there's going to be most years are like this where it's like there's clearly two or three teams that are just head and shoulders better. But there's going to be a time where hey the number six team could win it all yeah right and i don't well, want that year to be the where they get screwed you know it's like hey it, that's uh, why not give them a shot that's true well think about alabama they were very close to losing to auburn of course they they, right. they might have ended up as oh, yeah. a five or six or or they were very yeah, close they to lose that game yeah yeah so um they're still probably in but maybe but maybe not um, <laughs> maybe the four seed yeah i i also i think we're also maybe a little bit overreacting to even a sample size of like eight years, right? It's still not a ton. I think we've been a little bit unlucky right. with the amount of blowouts there have been. Um, and everyone's saying, yeah, it's because there's usually only two or three dominant teams every year. So that's why the blowouts are happening. And that's true for sure in some instances. But it's also ignoring, there's been a few of those blowouts that were by underdogs or by teams that were small favorites, you know? So I, I think right. it's just, I don't know. I think it's just a weird sample of games that, let's just say projecting forward the next eight years or whatever it's if not we, gonna be like exactly i don't think same, i don't yeah. think there would be this many blowouts that would be my yeah. and, and and the other thing is like to me off the top of my head maybe the best semifinal game we've seen is that georgia bama rose bowl or sorry georgia oklahoma, oklahoma rose bowl that was just incredible like without the playoffs we wouldn't fun. have seen that game that was just insane entertainment for sure oh that was a good one um, okay, how about uh, our thoughts on the fact that we've got a rematch, Georgia-Alabama? Is that a disappointment to you? Are you not as excited as a normal year? I'm not I, as excited as a normal year. Really? I don't like matchups like this where it's already happened and it's, you know, I mean, Bama, I of course, again. The only thing I don't oh. like is that they just played in the SEC Championship, but I love right. the fact that 
they played each other in the national title, the best national title probably that we've seen recently, those the four years ago or whatever it was, the double overtime. So it's and there's a lot of storylines like can Georgia get over the hump? So Yeah. Was that double overtime? Was it just uh, or, I think it was just overtime. Oh, sorry. The I was thinking about that Rose Bowl before. Yeah, yeah, double. yeah, yeah. But yeah, overtime. Yeah. Um I I'm still excited because like if this was Alabama Clemson this year if somehow that had happened that I probably would be like okay I've I feel like I've seen this in the playoff a hundred times and it's gone Fair both enough. ways and I don't know but this one at least there's with with Georgia Bama there's that that the fact that this is so huge for Georgia right they have what seven straight losses against Alabama Kirby Smart like this is feels like this is the year to finally you know get over that national 40 what 40 years since they got a national yeah title, exactly it it's like? been since 1980 since they won a title so there's at least that intrigue there to where it's just so huge for that fan base where if if alabama uh loses so what they've they've got enough titles obviously their fans will be yeah. upset but whatever they'll be fine but with georgia <laughs> loses oof, <laughs> oof, that's long that's off right season now. this is the best team i mean this might be the best team they've ever had it's amazing but you know could be that would be rough Okay, let's uh, get to some news here. As as we record this today, Oklahoma quarterback Caleb Williams entered the transfer portal. Was that today? It's been a long day. Was that yesterday? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, he <laughs> they, they mentioned it. By the time you're listening to this, it was definitely yeah. at least Yeah, it's definitely at yes. least a day ago when you're listening <laughs> yeah. to this. But anyway. It all blends together. Yeah. Uh, and then shortly after that, Dylan Gabriel switched his commitment from yeah, UCLA random. to OU. Uh, so what are you guys thoughts on, I guess, these two moves? Well, one, I'm just, I'm just very curious to see where Williams goes. I mean, you know, there's, there's a, a litany of, of options and, you know, people mentioned he's going to follow Lincoln Riley to USC. Is he going to go, um, to Georgia? If, if that opens up, you know, with JT Daniels in the mix, like it's, there's just so many compelling, uh, storylines as to, into where he goes. So I'm very curious to see how that shakes out. I it's you know the Dylan Gabriel thing all of a sudden to me now with you know with that hand in hand with the Caleb Williams decision is like what is Caleb Williams gone now or is that why Dylan Gabriel had the motive to go to OU but I don't know I mean if, if I'm Caleb Williams I'm trying to think about it from his perspective here you know probably some folks don't like the fact that he's doing this getting in the transfer portal but even if even by if some he's folks planning, do you mean Oklahoma fans <laughs> well yes okay but also people that just don't like transfers oh, right, you know right like, right you know, there's lots of those, which, I mean, I can understand it, but I don't agree with it. Um, but if, let's say, even if Caleb Williams is probably going to come back to you, like, even if that's in his mind, like, if he goes in the transfer portal and maybe just quote unquote here, guys, that threatens to leave, like, maybe that encourages an NIL deal to get him more money. Like, or he just tests the free agent almost-ish market and gets a better NIL deal from... Ohio State or whatever, you know, like some other school. So I can never fault a, an adult. This kid's an, a, this guy's an adult, you know, trying to like take advantage of all the talent that he has. Maybe you can get more money that way. Go for it, dude. Yeah. Make your money if you can. Like I dude, 100% agree. This is, yeah. it's, it's kind of no lose to at least go in the portal and, and hear your yeah. offers. And obviously maybe he's, I think it's probably, he's probably considering multiple things where he's going to be developed and have success. Uh, to get drafted yeah. high but also like you said you got to be listening to your sort of nil offers and because it's that's that's big money when you're you know we we hear we've heard what quinn ewers uh got when he went to yeah. ohio state that's when he was coming out of high school caleb williams has 
had a freshman year that was very good and he was a five star so he's at least you know a little bit more oh, proven yeah. than than a guy like yours so you would the hundreds of thousands of dollars or you know that that's i, I think you it's know. into the seven oh, figures. more than that yeah I, yeah and i and i um i don't know i i listened to bruce feldman was on jim rome this morning and he mentioned that uh i don't know if this is all true but he was saying that with levy being the offensive coordinator now at oklahoma that williams might not be in love with that system and that dylan gabriel is familiar with levy uh from his time at central florida prior so that definitely was a factor mm-hmm. hmm. i wonder why we wouldn't like that system yeah i don't know <laughs> that, that was, was this is feldman <laughs> like, tried to make the case i don't know if there's yeah. a story behind that but, but right. that was one still, of the main reasons the, gabriel went there so right and he still could yeah. come back but you're right with the dylan gabriel yeah, news breaking that. right after it it kind of seems it seems like he won't, but who knows? Because yeah. nothing is set in stone, I guess, until they enroll in classes. Williams could go back to OU and Gabriel be like, all right, I guess I'm going back to UCLA. <laughs> <laughs> True. I don't know. <laughs> but okay, we'll we'll see where, where he ends up. Apparently, uh, the Williams family is on vacation right now, so good for them. They'll, they'll take their time. I wonder with where. I don't know. I don't know where. But uh, <laughs> there's also been, OU fan, you got to be concerned too, because uh, there's been at least one or two other guys now jump into the portal along with him. So that's, yeah, that's Williams uh, and... a little worrisome. Yeah, Mario Williams, the freshman receiver who you know, had a nice start to his career. So anyway, um, Bruce Feldman, busy guy, also reported that sources from the NFL and Michigan both think Jim Harbaugh could be tempted to take an NFL job this season, potentially with the Las Vegas Raiders. What do you guys think about that? Those rumors. Well, his, you know, last last year he had to take the the pay cut, so maybe this is another way for some leverage to to get that pay back up after his, his year <laughs> yeah. in Michigan. Yeah, this exactly. is like Caleb it's Williams. All about that money. You might as well yeah. at least feign interest in these uh, yeah, exactly. NFL jobs because either way, wherever he goes, he's getting paid a ton of money. Yeah, I mean that's just what you got to do, man. That's just kind of how you market yourself and how you play the game. It's a business, right? Okay, really so right is, now, so. right now you got to bet. Uh, is Jim Harbaugh going to be an Michigan NFL coach year. or Michigan next year? You say Michigan, Ryan? I say that Michigan. Oh man, that is a tough question. <laughs> it's very because he's so because he's so good in the NFL. You know, he, he didn't. He almost won the Super Bowl. It didn't quite. Yeah. Ah, that's got to be in his craw. But uh, I'm gonna. I'll say Michigan. Man, you guys are influencing me here. It's it's tough <laughs> when Bruce reports it, but interest does not mean he's going. Oh, okay, I'll go NFL. I'll, I'll go against you guys. Just it would be fun. <laughs> yeah. It would be fun. To, I don't want him to leave because I, I love Harbaugh, Michigan. But um, what yeah. names? What name? If if he does leave, this is probably way too early to be talking about yeah. this. But any names for the Michigan job? I mean, Matt Campbell, the guy that comes up all the time. But he's he's like the one person that didn't move. Like, yeah, he seems to make sense for that job. Yeah. And then what we, about um, you know, like Luke Fickle? No way. <laughs> the timing is better guy. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, you never know. Some guys have changed colors. And Ryan, we were actually talking about before the podcast. I guess you could just promote Gaddis. That that. Yeah. What if you just went with him? I mean, he, he won the Broyles Award, didn't he? I, I guess it's you know a little I bit mean, like I don't know if you. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, kind of like Marcus Freeman. Just you know, don't ruin a good thing. But yeah, yeah that would be kind of weird. All right, we'll we'll cross that bridge if we get to it, but. Let's uh, let's get to our bull takeaways from uh, from the non playoff games. What 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 caught your guys' eye eyes? Yeah, you first one for me was uh, the OU uh, OU game. We got Oregon and uh, Oklahoma. Uh, 
University of Oregon, UO. Yeah. Yeah, but no one oh, says yeah. UO, though. So, <laughs> but yeah. I know. Nobody ever does. Hey, it, it, whatever. But no one says OU for <laughs> Oregon either. But yeah, I, whatever is right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What a job by Stoops here um, and the rest of the coaching staff. Obviously, they had a huge part. Um, just to have these guys ready to go, man. They easily could have kind of just kind of quit on the season after not, you know, winning the Big 12. And then obviously your coach Lincoln Riley leaves for USC, but no, they they dominated Oregon. They were up thirty to three um, at halftime, um, and it was over. It was over at halftime. Oregon had some success offensively there in the second half, but you know it didn't really matter. OU rushed for over three hundred. They passed for over two hundred, and Oregon just didn't respond to their coach leaving and stuff. They just they they folded. It looked like they were they they checked out, and they talk about not finishing the season strong. They got butt whooped, and well they three other finals, I don't know, something games there, but Utah twice and then here against OU. Yeah. Ryan likes butt whoop today. <laughs> yeah, his butt oh, whoop yeah. is his word of the day. I got a big vocabulary, fellas. Yeah. Cheese it bowl. Clemson uh, beat Iowa State 20 to 13. So Clemson finished 10 and 3, which as bad as the season felt for them that's not a bad record like if you yeah. just told me before the season they're gonna go 10 and 3 i'd be like wow that's surprising but it's not like insanely bad you know of course right yeah um just maybe felt that way at times because the offense but and this game was ugly brock purdy had maybe the weirdest play of the <laughs> oh <my> season <laughs> yeah I've never seen it <laughs> he threw a pass got tipped up at the line of scrimmage and so it was coming towards him and he just like kind of jumped and <laughs> swatted it. Bat it, yeah. He batted it, which usually, you know, you're doing that to bat it down, but he did not bat yeah. it down. He batted it ended oh up my di- directly to a Clemson corner who returned it for a touchdown. Ugh. Yeah, that was uh, well and then and then just, the last play of the game I've yeah. never seen before either. Yeah. yeah, he was they had like a fourth and three or something, and and Purdy uh they still they still had a chance to go and, and tie the game and oh, yeah. he ran for the first down but then fumbled and the ball <laughs> went back behind the first down line and he dove yeah. on it and so it was <sighs> he was short of the first down and it was game over I, yeah that's um two plays you've never seen one lucky plays yeah weird um all right i gotta go probably the there's been some exciting bowl games people bowl games have been getting flack but the uh the rose bowl what a ridiculous oh. game that was. Oh, yeah. Insane. Uh, Ohio State, of course, pulled it out against Utah, but the second quarter in particular was incredible. They alternated scoring five touchdowns in less than three minutes of game time. Uh, at one point during that stretch, CJ Stroud threw three passes in a row that were all for touchdowns. And <laughs> every time he looked up just overall in the game, Jackson Smith and Jigba was just running wild through that Utah secondary. Unreal. And early on, it, it kind of looked like the Utes, were, they were more into the game. They were up two scores a couple different times. You kind of thought Ohio State wasn't, wouldn't have enough with some of their opt-outs. But man, they put up 683 yards of offense on a good Utah defense. Uh, super impressed by C.J. Stroud, the Buckeyes, and Jigba, man, preposterous 347 yards receiving. That's just insane. A, He's a bowl record, an Ohio State record. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but Ohio State, they they got the last possession. They kicked a field goal with somewhat questionable clock management there at the very end, but they won 48-45. Really thrilling game of the Rose Bowl. That it was. That was uh, sad for me, obviously. I wanted Utah to win. I think a, a lot of folks that aren't Buckeyes probably wanted Utah to win that one, but oh well. Anyway, uh, we're moving on to Purdue and Tennessee. Uh, this one was another 
very entertaining bowl game, one of the best that uh, you could see. Um, Tennessee got out to a really, really quick start. Uh, kind of looked like they were going to have their way with Purdue, especially you know when they with their, when they had the ball. They were up twenty one seven at the end of the first quarter. Then the second quarter happened, and Purdue went outscored them sixteen to nothing in that that quarter. So Purdue was up two twenty three twenty one at halftime. Then the second half, they alternated scores the entire time. Just they they alternated each way each way. Um, but there was definitely a bit of controversy once it actually got to overtime. Um, Tennessee had it uh, about fourth and goal from Purdue's one yard line, and they did a running play, and the running back Jalen Wright was stuffed initially. And then he kind of fought back and reached out and the ball crossed the goal line and looked like it should have been a touchdown, but the ref kind of ruled that it was his forward progress was stopped. So he blew his whistle. That's it. And you can't review that. Once forward progress, you're just done. So they didn't get it. They got stuffed. And then Purdue, all they had to do was kick a field goal. They got it. And they ended up winning 48-45, same score as the Rose Bowl. But I mean, overall, I mean, I, that was a screw for Tennessee, but nine and four year for Purdue. Jeff Brom finally had a good year. Yes which is good for us in the podcast because we've been backing him for a while. Like, he's still good, guys. still good. Yeah. Three losing seasons, but he's still good. Yeah, I put finally everything in co- We made so many excuses for Brom, and he finally came through for us. He did. He Bra- had Wait, some I legit gotta, excuses. Uh, that play, though, I, I think I'm in the minority. Like, I can totally understand why the ref blew I can the too. whistle. Like, I can like, too. People, I, I made the mistake of, like, clicking on a tweet and just reading all the comments of saying, like, Tennessee got screwed, Tennessee got screwed. Like, I understand that side of it, but like live when I watched it, like it didn't seem that egregious to me. No, he was, he was like, his progress was stopped and there was a pause. I I don't, I'd have to watch it again to remember how long that pause was. But at some point you blow the, and it's not when you blow the whistle, it's just, you know, when he determines that forward progress was stopped. I mean, it was certainly close, no doubt, but yeah, it was close. And if you were, if this was, but like midfield and it wasn't reaching for a first down, let's say it was just like he was reaching for, you know, he's stuck up in the middle of a pile. Like, you know, a lot of folks are like, please blow the whistle. Like, you know, if you look at it on the flip side, some people are like, blow the whistle, the four progress job. Like we don't want our guy to, you know, cause they'll, sometimes they'll fumble it and they'll be like, well, but it was right. Right. It was done. His progress was stopped. So, you know, I do see what you guys are saying, but it's hard to kind of get over what yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, out of the goal that's line. A, it's rough. He made it. That's he wasn't rough. down. Rough <laughs> was for rough. sure. Um, the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl was Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, and Notre Dame wow. got off to a hot start. They were up twenty-eight to seven with, uh, of course, with Marcus Freeman's first game as head coach. And Oklahoma State scored thirty unanswered to eventually win thirty-seven <laughs> thirty-five. Jack Cohn had sixty-eight pass attempts, but not like amazing, not super efficient. Five hundred nine yards, which sounds amazing, but when you pass that many times, it's it's kind of what you expect to throw for. Um, but Spencer Sanders, you know, you could say outdueled him. 125 rushing yards, yeah. 371 passing yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Did have a very, well, uh, as it turned almost. out, not costly, but almost costly fumble at the end there. Yes. But uh, but yeah, maybe his best game of the season. So that was uh, finally some it offense really for Oklahoma State. Great year for the for for the Pokes, man. Yeah, yeah, that was I, Notre Dame, man. They, their fans must be like, we're cursed on New Year's Day games or. <laughs> Yeah, what if but they lost 10, 10 straight like it's big time bowl games been, something like that? Yeah. Since like Roosevelt. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> all right. The Peach Bowl. Uh Michigan State. They ended up capping off just a, a charmed year. They won 31-21 against Pitt. Pitt was man, they were up against it. Uh obviously without Pickett. And then their backup quarterback, Nick Patty, got hurt early on. So they're 
They're really going to their third stringer bevel uh, for most of the game. Uh, And you kind of think, okay, it's game over. But their defense held the Spartans in check. They were up 21-10 going in the fourth. Then Peyton Thorne made some big-time throws. They took the lead with a couple minutes left. And then the final drive, Pitt, you know, they're driving. looks like at worst they're going to force overtime. Pick six. Michigan State gets the miracle cover. Hadn't been covering the whole game, so bad beat for Pitt backers. Thank you much. Thank you much. (laughs) Uh, And I guess we should bring up the Sugar Bowl. Uh, Baylor beat Ole Miss. I think it was 21-7. to And, of course, the story of that game, the story before it was Matt Corral. He's playing. He's not uh, going pro. He's going to – well, he is going pro, but after the game. And uh, he unfortunately got injured early in the game, and that really, that that kind of was yeah. the game. None yeah, that did him in. Ole Miss's offense couldn't do anything against that great Baylor defense after that. And fortunately, it's not serious for Corral. He didn't break anything. It's just a sprain, yeah. right? So, yeah, nothing serious. Nothing serious. But any other any other bowl games you wanted to bring up or? There were some good ones, you know, Kentucky and Iowa. Yeah, uh, maybe a little decision there by Kirk Ferentz late in the game that maybe he, you know, what would you do in that situation? Where I can't remember the exact scenario. Was it like fourth and two or fourth and three? Yeah, they were at their own, their own, their own fourth and forty-five one. or something. What? Yeah, like it was. I thought they should have gone for it. Yeah, whatever it was. Like you know, I mean, it ended up costing them. Yeah. What a Wandale Robinson and great game that kid. Yeah, yeah, he did awesome for them this year. Shane Beamer got mayo dumped on him. That was fun to watch. <laughs> yes, <laughs> of course. He kind of got donked in the head first by the yeah. people holding the ball. That was like, rough. Just <laughs> I thought I was. I thought that they were going to do it on the field. Like I thought it was going to be the players right. doing oh, yeah. it. That would have been way better. Yeah. But yeah, it was kind of weird how they did it. But and that the coaches were accepting of it. Honestly, mayonnaise. Eh. I mean, I do it, but it's just <laughs> yeah. weird. <laughs> well. I guess that's it. But uh, one last thing before we close out, Trey, you had you wanted to say something about players don't love football like they did back in your day or something. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, they would. Yeah. In the, uh-huh. in, back in in that era, they would have gotten butt whooped. <laughs> you, you didn't opt out because you would have gotten butt whooped you for gotten. that <laughs> all right anyway thanks for Fair listening enough. to this episode of the college football bros again uh be on the lookout for our national championship preview both on youtube and here in the podcast feed so we will see you then you've been listening to the college football bros if you have any questions for the next podcast Email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.